for tuning in. This is episode number 139. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode today. We're actually going to continue in the previous from the previous episode in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We ended at verse 10. So I'm going to continue from there uh, to the rest of the chapter and want to just toss some things together and suggest some things for thought and consideration. So let's just jump right in. Uh, we'll start reading in verse 10, but that's where we ended. Uh, remember that previously Samuel is learning to distinguish the voice of the Lord. He had not recognized God's voice yet. And Sam, um, Eli, rather, um, finally, after three uh, attempts, so to speak, Eli recognized that the Lord was trying to speak to the boy. So we'll start, pick up in verse 10 of 1 Samuel chapter 3. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him, that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. So just to say a quick note here, but not to underemphasize. Now, don't just read this and think, oh, well, okay, that's you know, Old Testament, it's it's not so much in effect anymore. We see in the New Covenant that God is merciful and graceful, and the ultimate expression of that is through Jesus. However, God will not sit by for an inordinate amount of time to let his name be disdained or to be uh, um, desecrated. God made it clear that Eli had let or failed to restrain his son's from blaspheming God. Now, if you want to see an example of what, what is exactly that we're talking about by way of Eli's son's behavior, you find that in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And so you can read about that. But his sons did great evil in the sight of God. And Eli knew of their behavior 
and he didn't do anything about it. We as parents have an obligation, and especially as leaders of our household, we have an obligation to step in into those moments and situations where we know that our children are, we'll say, behaving in a way that dishonors God. Now, there is, when, when our children reach a certain age and, and they become adults, to a certain degree, there's we, we can't control everything they do. But here in this case of Eli and his sons, Eli was in a position of leadership above them. In effect, they reported to him in in this ministerial role. But Eli did not prevent or enact act on this misbehavior. He could have removed them from office. He could have charged them with some warning. Um, he could have brought discipline on them, but he just sat idly by and did nothing. And so just let this be a reminder as parents, but also maybe as spiritual parents, we have an obligation to not let things just go by. We must address them for the sake of the of gl the glory of God's name. And so here we see Eli getting punished for not doing that very thing. And now continuing on, it says, verse 13, For I told him, God is still speaking, for I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. That's very heavy. That's very heavy. Verse 15, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he, God, said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. If you hide from me anything, he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Now, that's a special statement. And, and I actually find it to be an interestingly peculiar one. God let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. So we say, uh, see, Samuel is speaking the word of the Lord to the people. And, but you would kind of expect to read there something of, you know, um, and Samuel accurately heard the word of the Lord and communicated it to the people. But it's interesting, though, 
rather than saying that, that it says that God let none of what Samuel said have no effect or be inaccurate or produce nothing. There is, there is a unique intentionality here in that verse or in that sentence that communicates to us that God took the words that came from Samuel's mouth. See, Samuel's connecting to the heart of God. But God took those words and, and gave them effect. He didn't let anything that Samuel spoke fall to the ground. That's, that's fascinating. Verse 20, And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Now, that's not just to say through the word of perhaps the written word, God revealed himself through the written word. It's it's not just this, but also it's through the speaking of God. Through through his through his speaking. So we have this disconnect in our day. When when we think about God's word, too many times we just only think about the written word and thank God we have this written word and it is it is we glean from it and we it is living a living word there's another component to God's word and that's his speaking and this makes people nervous in many instances because, well, we're flawed human beings and what we think we hear may may or may not be the word of the Lord to us. And so we're prone to error and to mistake. But everything that we hear, we should weigh and measure through the lens of God's written word. Does it violate? Does it... Does it run congruent with the word, the written word of God captured in print? So don't lose connection to the component of God, God speaking as his word and also our intimacy connection to God's written word. There's two components at play there, the spoken and the written. And we see that played out in Samuel and as he is learning to recognize the Lord. One last thing that I want to just point out and mention is God spoke to Samuel and was telling him that he had, I think it's verse 14, 
he had swore to Eli regarding his house that his guilt will never be atoned for and that he would judge his family because of the sin that he knew about. Now, we find that towards the end of chapter 2. A man of God came to Eli and said to him, and he goes through this small discourse, you know, did I not reveal myself to you? Did I not choose your ancestors out of the tribes of Israel to go up to my altar I gave your ancestors' family all the food offerings presented by the Israelites. So he, so God's outlining here, did I not do all these things for you, and are you not specially chosen? Why do you scorn my sacrifices and my offering that I prescribed? Why do you honor your sons more than me? And that's an important question to ask each and every one of us here listening to this, are you honoring something above God? And you see, Eli was doing that very thing. You know, our, you know, our sons and our daughters, these, these are precious, precious things given to us by God. But are we, are we honoring them more than what, or how we honor God. And God took this very seriously. He said, Therefore, the God of Israel declares, I promised that members of your family would minister before me forever. So God is saying there, verse 30, Here's what I said, here's what I promised to your house, that you would minister before me forever. But now... The Lord declares. So that that's something important to pick up there because, yes, God promised something to Eli and his house and family that he would forever, his family would forever be ministers before me. But because of the inappropriate actions of Eli regarding his wicked sons, God now comes back to that promise and makes an addendum to it. And that is something that God can do at any given time to any one of our lives. We may be carrying promises, special promises that God has made us. And He has sent us or charged us with doing something for Him or bless us in some way because of our honor to him or because of his just simply choosing us to do this thing. We may be carrying this blessing and promise, but if we don't handle with care and caution the thing that he has charged us to do, and if we, if we don't hold his name in high esteem above all other things, and we bring scorn and 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 blasphemy against his name he can make an addendum to his promises yes he he will not violate his word by you know god does not lie he does not say he promises and then and then turn around 
and say an opposite thing. He he won't contradict his his promise or his word, but here we see that he makes an addendum to his promise. And so he says, I promised that you would minister before me forever, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me, those who honor me, I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained or dishonored. And that's important to notice. Those who honor God, he will honor, and those who despise him will be disdained. The time is coming when I will cut short your strength and the strength of your priestly house so that no one in it will reach old age and you will see distress in my dwelling. Although good will be done to Israel, no one in your family line will ever reach old age. Every one of you that I do not cut off from serving at my altar, I will spare only to destroy your sight and sap your strength, and all your descendants will die in the prime of life. This should be very sobering to us. Forget this whole Old Testament versus New Testament thing. Just put that out of your mind. This is a real thing that happened to a real person in the course of history. Because Eli failed to restrain or to discipline his two sons in their wickedness, God pronounced an, a major judgment against his whole family. And, and notice this, his sons and their wickedness brought blasphemy against God's name. Not only was Eli punished himself, and not only was his two sons judged, but every single one of the family members through the remaining line will never reach old age. They will be cut down in the prime of their life. The failure of Eli cost future generations time on earth. What a responsibility that we have as either physical parents or spiritual parents. What a significant um, responsibility that we have to steward well what we've been given but above all else, hold God, the Lord of all, primary and above all others. And we must honor and cherish his name. Those who honor him, he will honor. That's important. Well, I thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing. And I pray that God's word takes deep root in our heart that he would reveal to us individually the word that he is sowing into us and that it would produce lasting fruit that would run through generations. And I'll just pray that each and every one of us experiences God in, in the fullness and realness of how he desires to reveal himself to us. 
I thank you and bless you. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. And in your house, I hold a